2: Any good stories from the road? And pipe up. I wish
0: we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was gonna
2: die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. that yeah. poison proof. They're mind geeks.
1: We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that.
0: The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction.
2: We're hunting. Even though it's the bye week, we're hunting, Jake Rowe. Welcome into the Georgia show. Uh, it's a fun time every time we do it. Middle of the week, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. You can set your watch by it. Jake, how's your bye week going? Uh, it's going great, man. Just, uh, you know, three days down. I uh, got to talk to Kirby last
0: night. Uh, one day this week, Get to you know, and, I, and actually, you'd be honest with me, man, um, the longer I do this, the more I think that is plenty Uh, Just getting to kind of get the coach and the players once a week. But, uh, you know, no game this weekend, so no weekend show for us. No, like, uh, I mean, we may be back here on Sunday, but we definitely won't be here Saturday because there's no game to go before. And, uh, you know, excited to be at home this weekend with the family and, uh, you know, be home late this weekend with the family because after this weekend, three out of the next four are uh, are two-day hotel stays for me. So, not excited about that.
2: Yeah, we can kind of take a big picture look at the, uh, the second half of the season. I think people would enjoy that. Uh, I think people would also enjoy subscribing to Dogs HQ on YouTube. Thanks to everybody tuning in. Tomahawk Dog, I'm, I'm glad you made it. I know it's been a rough couple of weeks for Braves Country, but uh, you're hanging in here. Mean Mug and Mutt, a regular as well. I love the uh, avatar that Mean Mug and Mutt has. I don't know if that's a T-shirt or a flag or what it is, but it says, hunker down one more time. I like that hat that Ugga's wearing. And, of course, Uncle Glenn Hartley beats everybody by one minute. So, appreciate y'all, as always, every week. Uh, You're Jake, about setting your watch by something, Uncle Glenn Hartley. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about that. Uh, Jake, I want to give the floor to you for a moment just to tee us up here. You spoke with Kirby. I really liked what we heard from Nolan Smith this week. I'm just curious about uh, the storylines – that are standing out to you as Georgia is preparing uh, to handle its bi week business. It's still all about injuries for me, and I know that. Um,
0: I, I know that no news and, and no clarity, you know, really on how things are going, is is kind of starting to, you know, it bothers some. You know, I've had some friends text me like, "Man." how long is AD Mitchell going to miss with a, with an ankle injury? You know, how long is it, you know, Jalen Carter's had two different injuries. So that one kind of stands up a little bit. Smile Munden's on the mend. Uh, But the AD Mitchell thing is very, very, I don't know. It's weird to me. And uh, you know, I still suspect that they're going to work really hard and they're going to try really hard to get him ready to play for Florida. Uh, You know, I, I feel the same way about Jalen Carter, but, Um, it's really all about those injuries. You know, I I think Georgia can go um, toe-to-toe and, you know, take care of the rest of its schedule without those guys. I I think it can. I really do. Um, I think Georgia has a much better shot with those guys, though, and I know that's not exactly breaking news or anything, but it's still just all about injuries for me. Um, You know, I know there's areas that Georgia needs to get better. Talked about the pass rush with Nolan Smith and Kirby Smart. We talked about – um, you know other issues and and leadership and and you know
2: covered the gamut, but it's really about those injuries, man. Well, I'm a uh, I'm going to welcome Palmer Tom's and Palmer's and uh well Palmer just got back from Birmingham, Alabama. Unless you <laughs> day trip, um, baby. Unless you took all of your frames to Birmingham and and hung them up in the Marriott Hotel, which would also be <laughs> very committed to the brand. Uh, let's uh, let's hear from Nolan Smith. I, I think what he addressed about. Georgia sack totals and the way that Georgia is affecting the quarterback. Uh, it's not great <laughs> by any means, but it hasn't hurt the dog so far. Here's what Nolan Smith had to say about it. We just keep working every day. You know, eventually it's going to be that time
3: when, you know, some people are really going to try to take those deep shots and really go downfield. And we're just going to be prepared for when our numbers call. We just keep working week in, week out, um, just trying to affect the quarterback. If we can't sack them then affect them if you if you can't affect them, then we don't need to be out there. So we can't really get frustrated. We just got to keep working. I know that's what me and Bill Harpoon, you know, we try to get sacks, but if we can't get sacks, then let's affect them, get our hands up, make make them feel like the pocket is really condensed, you know, feel like we've been breathing on them all night. And I also think that affects a quarterback a little bit more than sacks. Uh,
2: I know that was a long sound bite that I played there, but um, I thought it was important context from Nolan. Uh, We've seen Georgia struggle with sack totals in years past, guys, and obviously that wasn't a problem for Georgia last year. It almost uh, could be a a stat that you point to and say this is what helped Georgia get over the top and win the national championship. Uh, How much are y'all concerned, or or should Georgia fans be concerned, uh, about what the dogs aren't doing in the sack column? I'm not very much concerned
3: at all um, because I think when you look at what uh, you know? What Kirby has said several times, they are not in third and sack situations. Quarterbacks are getting the ball out very quickly. Um, you know, Nolan Nolan cited two point seven seconds. I think he said was the average. Um, they've only had one game where the the opposing quarterback has held the ball for more than three seconds, and that was Auburn, where Robbie Ashford was running around and scrambling. Um, which pre- presents its own elements of uh you know difficulty. So I'm not too concerned about it. I also look at the guys that they have um you know that th- that are uh you know playing those sack positions. Uh Nolan has 6 tackles for loss this season. Um you know on, on pace for a better year than he had last year. Uh Robert Beal is somebody that I'm not too concerned about because he came on strong during the second half of the season last season. Uh, you know, he wasn't a, a fast starter there. Uh, you know, finished very strong. So, I still think, you know, the, the jury is out on this on this Georgia team and, and its ability to affect the quarterback. I also just think they're young. I mean, it's hard to rush the passer when you're this young. And, and you look at the guys that were doing it last year, and they were very experienced.
0: Yeah, without getting, you know, like, you know, trying to get too deep in the weeds here – you know, it's not just, oh, well, this, you know, this guy's not right. I mean, you know, they've got a one-on-one pass rusher there, Nolan Smith, who's doing a really good job. And, you know, you're seeing Michael Williams do some things. You're seeing Barry Alexander do some things. I think, you know, like I said, without getting too, you know, in the weeds here, you've got a lot of stunt things and a lot of stunt games and blitzes that Georgia ran last year with Channing Tindall, with N'Kobe Dean, with, with uh, you know, Jordan Davis and and Devontae Wyatt, right? Um, you, you saw a lot of that and those were crisp, and those were really well executed, and somebody was coming free, and Georgia was getting a the guy there. And, um, you know, you lost a lot. You lost a lot as far as that goes, and I'm still not worried about it um, because I think Georgia does a really good job of, you know, affecting the quarterback. I mean, look back at that Auburn game, right? Georgia had zero sacks in that Auburn game. Georgia deserved, based on how it rushed to passer in that Auburn game,
2: 60, and, and against the quarterback that held on to it the longest, but as Palmer went right. out, he scrambled. Right. Yeah. And he was just kind of floating out of the pocket. Georgia was
0: closing on him. So he didn't have anywhere to go with it. He'd throw it away, threw it away several times. And, and I think they probably earned, you know, a half dozen sacks in that game. I mean, you know, as far as like what you would have, you know, put it down as, it's just that they had a guy kind of glide out of the pocket, um, you know, okay. under pressure and, and, you know, throw the ball out of bounds. It's, You know, on on one hand, yeah, you do want to put teams behind the chains more often. Georgia's doing a better job of tackling for a loss than they are sacking the quarterback. So there's a – you know, at least you've got that kind of working for you. But I'm – like, I just – I can't bring myself to get too worked up about it when you look at kind of the way Georgia's playing defense and the fact that, hey, they've got three games this season with zero sacks. Oregon, South Carolina, Auburn. And uh, they won those games 139-20. to
2: That's how they too, add right? up the points. Yeah. How about the uh, how about the addition of the points against Vandy the last couple of years? I've seen that infographic going around. I think we spoke about 117 it. Seventeen to nothing. Yeah. Over the past two seasons. That's yeah. just filthy, man. Uh, that's that is domination, and uh, it's, it does seem a little bit personal. Uh, some questions coming in. Injuries, obviously, a big topic on the bye week. Mike Q, do you think Bell or Smith step up at the X with AD out? I I think Bell already is starting to do so for sure. Uh, And, Jake, you pointed it out in your X's and O's. Yeah. I mean, here's the deal.
0: Uh, They're interchangeable at those receiver positions. I mean, technically, Bell is listed as a flanker, which is that Z receiver. And Lab McConkie's listed there, but then sometimes you see Bell and McConkie on the field at the same time. I think what really goes into this is like you really would just want to get everybody healthy. I mean, listen, we there's a bye week, there's a chance to get Dylan Bell going. I pointed out Nexus knows he. I think I had gotten him a couple times already this year for just kind of taking his route. The, the other team was in zone coverage. You just take a route into the zone um, and not sit down between the zone. Not sit down in the open area and it made things a lot tougher, you know, for Stetson Minute. Stetson Minute would have to pull the ball down or, or make a really tight throw or or big hit or whatever. He did that against, uh, he, he did that against, uh, uh, against Vanderbilt. He sat down in his a own a little crossing right over the middle, sat down, you know, third and four, first down. Um, so I think that's something that Georgia can work with. They're getting that experience from him, getting him going. Uh, I really like his skill set. They still really need AD back because AD is a true. Blue, X wide receiver, split in, went on the outside, 50-50 ball, can create separation, kind of scares you a little bit. They still need him back. But, I will you know, Arian Smith, a chance during the bye week to get him integrated back into the offense. Dylan Bell, a chance to grow up. Denala Morissette, who knows? You know, you may have somebody really emerge out of that group coming out of the bye.
2: Uh, I want to highlight a couple of listeners really quick. Victor Lowe is from Kuala Lumpur. And uh Tomahawk dog also asking where's the other Jake hiding? Jake Roos. I think Jake Roos may be in Kuala Lumpur, uh <laughs> doing some work from, from down there. But uh more than likely no, that's where he's at. Uh the rooster somewhere in the hills. He's degenerate. Uh, <laughs> he's he's hiding out, but he is <laughs> he is still with the crew, don't worry. Uh is Beck the best backup in the nation? Let's jump right into that one. Ooh. Uh I I'd say, yeah, I I look at this Georgia team and I, I see like the anti quarterback room in college football, if that makes sense. It's so similar to the NFL because of the transfer portal, where if a starter goes down, I mean, look at what happened at Bama with Bryce young going out. They were like not effective at all against Texas A&M. You've got a pretty, pretty solid backup in Carson Beck that somehow Georgia's managed to keep from, uh, entering that transfer portal
0: I have a hard time saying he's the best because it's kind of one of those unanswerable questions like who, uh, who, who
2: who else is it
0: right? I mean I don't know I mean Jalen Milrow won a game he's got he's one to know as a starter um I know he didn't play very well but he's one to know as a starter so uh you know against an SEC team so that's one um yeah, I mean it's tough. I mean, I thought that I thought that what is it, Hudson Card or whatever his name is, yeah. or the kid that played for Texas kind of came in and did a pretty good job against Alabama. Um, know, I mean it's there's just I don't know, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. I mean right now, um, you know, Robbie Asher's a pretty good backup quarterback, uh, even though he's the starter now. Uh he he had a pretty yeah. good day against Ole Miss. Um I mean, <clears throat> it's it's tough to tell it's just tough to say. it, it really is because you know one of the things i'll say about beck and, and listen i've sung his praises like i've written i've written about him i wrote a column about him about kind of how you know there were some unintended consequences of him getting all those number 2 reps going into last season uh, but i mean you've got to kind of look at the facts here and the facts are the dude hasn't played anything but a spent defense all season long and he's looked great and he's done only, only all he's done is do what was asked of him and played the team in front of him but every single defense that he's played this year has been w- either worn out or or running with the twos out there. Yeah, and you know that's that's just something you got to consider. And I, I, I that doesn't mean I'm not high as I'll get out on his potential. Um, I, I wouldn't have thought coming into the year that he would have been the starter next year. I think there's probably it's probably his job to lose at this point. Yeah,
3: I, I, would, I got I got an answer for who has the best backup situation. Who it's Michigan? Cade McNamara led Michigan to a playoff appearance last year.
2: Yeah, but he lost the job.
3: I mean, that that's I think to me that says more about JJ McCarthy than it does Cade McNamara. I yeah, mean, you, you've you've got incredibly talented quarterbacks at Ohio State. Um, you know, Penn State has a great backup in Drew Alar. Um, you know, like you said, Texas, uh, Bama. I I think Georgia is in a good position with its backup quarterback. I do think that. Uh, Carson Beck is is proving to be a very solid backup, and and you know the hope is that he will be a really strong starter as well. But I don't, I think it's a little you know uh, you know jumping the gun a little bit to say that he's the best backup in the country.
2: I think he has the best arm. I mean, when that thing was live against Vandy late in the game, it was zipping. And again, it's a it's a defense that you don't have to think too much about. So it's almost like you're throwing on air. You can put a lot more confidence and step up into it a lot more when you're not too worried about the D. Uh, how about Brock Vandergriff? It's bye week. Let's get into the third string quarterback. Who cares? Uh, I haven't heard a whole lot. I mean,
0: that's not a bad thing. I mean, it's because last year you heard some stuff about, man, this kid's kind of struggling a little bit. And then he kind of came on late in the year. Um, you know, if he if he takes a Carson Beck style trajectory, um, I think George's got a really good player on our hands because, you know, Beck, You heard a lot of the struggles in year one. You heard a lot of the struggles in year two. And here he has kind of flipped script in year three. Uh, You know, this offseason is going to tell the tale. And it'll be really interesting because I've heard a lot of good things about Gunnar Stockton and his work on the scout team. So there will be a thick competition there at that quarterback position uh, this
2: offseason. And I'll be interested to see if all three stick around. Uh, Speaking of quarterbacks where where you might be wondering about the uh, talent they had coming out of high school, I know – People wondered about that with Vandergriff playing in single, a uh, private school competition. Uh, Ryan Puglisi is the new Georgia quarterback commit out of Connecticut. He transferred from a smaller school in Massachusetts, uh, but still has just surged up the recruiting board rankings. A lot of Florida fans are now calling it the Georgia bias, where a lot of people used to call it the Bama bias in these recruiting rankings. I think that's proof that Georgia's finally arrived, but I spoke with the, uh, on3's uh, Director of Evaluation Recruiting Rankings, Charles Power, about Puglisi. Uh, there's a full interview on our YouTube channel you can check out when we're done chatting here tonight. But here's a clip out from what uh, Power really liked about Puglisi. And I think when you watch the film from his highlight footage from high school, you'll see what Power's talking about.
1: A really, really strong Elite 11 workout in, uh, in the spring. And, and really by then – our, this this ranking rankings update for us was our first in, in five months. So uh, a lot has happened since that time, and, and Ryan Piglisi is a pretty good uh, example of just kind of you know the that a lot has transpired since then. So had had a really strong uh, elite eleven workout uh, that also showed up in college camps. I think you know he went camped at Georgia, camped at Alabama, got offers from both. I know he camped at Notre Dame. And, and really everything we heard from all of those, uh, those college camp stops was, was nothing but, but, but uh, uh, you know, praise. And, and I, so I kind of probably prior to the season, I went back and, and watched a lot of his camp footage, watched the stuff from the Elite 11. And I think the first thing that jumps out with Publisi is, is the arm strength is, is considerable. I mean, like there's, there's moments in that Elite 11 workout where like it almost looks like there's smoke coming off the ball.
2: Yeah, you love to hear that if you're a Georgia fan. Uh, obviously, I understand people still skeptical about that level of competition, uh, but all he can do is throw it to the people that are open, and seems like getting those workouts with the big boys, Bama, Notre Dame, Georgia, helped his cause a lot.
0: Yeah, and one of the things I want to point out, and I'm sure I've pointed out here already, um, he's throwing the guys that are matched up against guys just like them you know it's it's not one of those situations like you flip on that film and he's throwing the wide open dudes he's throwing the guys that are in tight coverage because they're going up against players the receivers are that are they're a similar talent level and and I think that means something when you're playing quarterback um you know I don't put a whole lot of stock into him in his running around and breaking a bunch of tackles and things like that, you, I, that's that's harder to gauge. But I do feel good about I would about, guess that's
2: not going to translate. Right,
0: yeah. <laughs> so, but I do feel good about the way he slings the ball around. I mean, Charles Power, listen, Charles is not a – I've known Charles for a good little while now. And Charles is not prone to hyperbole. He's not like a an
2: excitable individual in terms of <laughs> – just gets fired up and starts saying stuff. No, I almost um, had to check his pulse during the video. I was, I was, I was like, "Do I need to call a paramedic? Is he, he is he with us?" But he said smoke was coming off the ball. Yeah. So, uh, Tomahawk Dog keeping us hot in the comments. Somebody compared Polisi. It's Pudlesi. Pudlesni. <laughs> it might be a silent G like lasagna. I don't know. Uh, compared him to Mahomes. That is high praise. I agree. Let's calm down. But one thing Power did say. I didn't even ask him. He, he said this unsolicited. He would compare Puglisi to Will Levis is the uh yeah, yeah. I heard that comparison that he liked there. So uh, he's a pretty good quarterback.
0: Yeah. Ryan, Ryan Pesci, Joe Pesci's uh grandson.
3: <laughs> uh sticky bandits.
2: The uh Wes, Wes, I
3: see it in the comments and, and I'll answer yeah. this one. Jay Martin, twenty-four. Is Chaz Chambliss injured? Yes, he has been banged up, battling a hamstring issue. Uh, Kirby told us that after he didn't make the trip with the team uh, to Missouri. Was that? Yeah, Missouri. Didn't make the trip um, and, and then has not did, did not dress for Auburn, I believe. Uh, but he did dress this past Saturday. Um, but, yeah, he's been battling the hamstring injury. Just saw that in the chat
2: and figured we'd answer it. Yep, good call. Glad you took that one away. Uh, really quick, guys. Some uh, some tough news tonight as uh the dog faithful lose the goat, Charlie Trippy and Roe. I don't know if you ever got to meet him leading Did up not. to the Rose Bowl or anything like that. Um, but obviously when you talk about Georgia football, you can't talk about it without Charlie Trippy. Um, I met him doing like a feature before the Rose Bowl. Uh, Lauren Smith helped me set it up, um, which was which was quite a phone call, as you can imagine. Yeah, uh, but Charlie Trippy is a great dude, and uh, his wife was just so gracious, let me into their home in Athens, and I'll never forget it. I mean, that was obviously such a special season for Georgia, and Trippy can hardly hear me, but <laughs> uh, but he's smiling the whole time. Every question I ask, he says, "Beg beg pardon," and then he gets it and then finally i'm able to kind of piece the story together but uh, you talk about some experiences some life lived a georgia great obviously but he also served in world war ii uh didn't i believe he didn't leave the field in the rose bowl game except for a couple plays maybe it was some outrageous stat where he was just all over the place and never quit uh they truly don't make him like that anymore no i encourage you guys to read up on him if if you haven't already uh, yeah, they per- don't even make the parts for that one anymore. No, you know, I mean
0: it's uh, they don't even make replacement parts. And hundred years, man, what yeah. a life! What a life! What an accomplishment! What something to be proud of. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure his family's hurting today, um, but I also hope that they're able to kind of reflect and and look at how proud they can be of of kind of what their uh, of what their patriarch or you know dad or whatever what he accomplished. Because I mean that's a like, like you said that's a hell of a life, man yeah i mean that's a you know war veteran uh one of the greatest football players in the history of a program um you know nfl uh and then what he did there i mean just like you said they don't make him like that anymore
2: they don't even make the parts or the materials no it's it's impressive stuff and i, I i'm sad that he's gone but i can't help but smile thinking about everything he did as a dog and uh, I think he was on the sidelines for a game a few years ago with his wife and brought the house down. So uh, really cool stuff from a Georgia legend. Um, there's really no transition here, but Uncle Glenn's brought us into the fray. Anyone missing Jermaine Burton yet? I don't think anybody is on the Georgia side of things. Um, that That's allegedly, Jake, allegedly. I saw it.
3: Hey, it was it was more of a –
2: yeah, more uh, of a. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's that's a tough that's a tough deal. That's a really tough deal right there. Uh from top to bottom. Rick James, I I mean, what is going on with Bama? Do y'all think that's a sign of true undisciplined football coming out or is it just one guy? Well,
3: I'm I'll, I'll say it's one guy. I mean, and, and 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 I don't, I don't know, man. Seventeen I penalties, penalties for 130
0: yards right before it. I mm.
3: I and and look, I I think that there's you can look at that a lot of different ways. I don't think that the off-field incident that we're talking about here says. I I, I don't think that that translates. It over. was it was
0: technically on the field. It, yeah, it, you're it right. It technically
3: was on the field between the uh, lines. <clears throat> uh, Maybe. Oh, corner of the end zone. Corn- corner of the end
0: it zone. The che- it was in the well, Let's
3: Go check the tape. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I don't think that um, – I, I do think that there is maybe a little bit of an undisciplined nature to that. They, they certainly have shown that. Um, it, it's it's absolutely an undisciplined nature to the incident that we're talking about here. They've shown a an un- undisciplined nature between the lines during the game. Um, I don't think that there's a correlation between the two of them, is what I'm saying. Ah.
2: I'll I'll accept that. I'll accept that. All right. This is a Georgia show. This is the Georgia show, actually. Uh, and a lot of people are curious what actually happens for the dogs. What does Georgia do on bye weeks? Uh Kirby Smart actually I don't know if it's admitted, but kind of addressed something I, I was a little a little surprised to hear. Because I thought it was just all about let's focus on the team. We'll worry about Florida later. Uh, but Kirby was pretty transparent. They're working on everybody.
0: Got to work on all of them. We uh, we don't we don't have enough time. You know, we only got three days. So we we, we sign out to the staff uh, every team, and then they give a presentation to the rest of the staff on that team what they might be doing new from this summer and anything new they're doing this year that we might need to prepare for. That maybe things an oddity or it's really different than we. We work on it today and uh,
1: tomorrow, uh, and then we, we start towards uh, Florida home on Thursday. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
2: So guys, uh, I've had a couple people ask me. I don't know who originally reported it. I'll give the attribution when when I remember, when I see it. But there was some talk earlier on in the season that Georgia was almost treating Tennessee's offense the way that they used to treat Georgia Techs. And they were doing a little bit of, installation here and there here and there throughout the season um i look i i'm sick to my stomach that we haven't spent more time talking about florida uh because it seems like that w- that's what we should be doing <laughs> this week of the season but because kirby brought it up there how much is georgia kind of chipping away in and taking a look at tennessee and maybe even mississippi state because of how quick they are too on offense
3: yeah, I'll take a first crack at this one, Wes, because you mentioned the earlier work that Georgia had done on Tennessee. Um, that that kind of came out of a report where we were standing outside of practice and you could overhear Kirby saying, Tennessee's going fast. Tennessee's going fast. Obviously, they were working some tempo stuff. Um, this was in the preseason. So, th- like you said, like Georgia Tech there, where they do spend a little bit of time on that, I would imagine that they, that they clearly did spend some time on it in the preseason, and I would imagine that they have continued to spend time on that because that's something that every team can do. Now, Tennessee does it to an extreme. Um, what Mississippi State does is certainly to an extreme. I think that the any, any work on the passing game and, and your pass defense um, is certainly going to pay off in both those games because that is how those offenses like to attack. Um, but you can't just rely on your pass defense against uh, Tennessee because they, it, again, I mentioned it earlier this week. I talked to Clint Lamb from our Bama site, um, and and he, you know, talked about how Tennessee created really good matchups defensively, um, for, for really good matchups for their offense, and really difficult matchups for the Bama defense. Um, you know when they would get Bama substituting on the field. Uh, you know in a, in a passing pass defense package they would run the ball and and you know say they had a third and long third and medium they would run the ball knowing that they were going to go for it on fourth down and go tempo against that 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 pass package uh, but run the ball against that uh, you know same thing vice versa with a run heavy package they would pass the ball and and then go tempo to you know keep that advantage so I do think that the tempo is something that they've probably worked for a while now, the t- the Tennessee tempo. Uh, they're certainly working the passing game, but I don't think that they're overlooking Florida. Kirby said that, you know, he said that this is, it's, it's Georgia, Florida. You don't have to worry about that. This, this, it's obviously a big game. Everybody's talking about it. Uh, Georgia, Tennessee, but, Georgia, Florida is just as big of a game uh, in this in this area of the country, in this state for this program. Uh, you don't have to over you don't have to worry about them overlooking the Gators. Uh,
0: I, I want to say this: so Tennessee is not so unique that you've got to kind of spend a, a practice a week or a, or, a, or a period a week working on them. Um, you know, there are a lot of things applicable in Tennessee's office. It's not even the pace that makes them so unique; it's the splits. If you watch Tennessee, I mean, you see them line up with doubles, you know, twins to the left, twins to the right, and every single wide receiver is outside the numbers. And you just don't see that a whole lot because, you know, they want to use the space coming back in towards the field, whereas so many other teams want to use the space going out towards the sideline. They make you defend, uh, you know, 53 yards from the snap. Whereas other teams make you chase kind of out to the perimeter, and and there's there's value in doing both. Um, but you know, you, but you talk about the pace. I mean, Georgia's obviously they're they're working on two minute offense, two minute defense every week. You know, that's that's something that they get a little bit of practice with, and I'm sure they've spent this bye week. I'm sure they'll spend some of this bye week getting some extra conditioning in um, that way that they kind of are able to hold up to that. I want to I want to say last year that Georgia did a really good job against Tennessee kind of holding up conditioning-wise. And then I almost think they let their foot off the gas a little bit. You know, ate a big Thanksgiving dinner a couple weeks later, uh, and then, you know, kind of showed up a little bit out of shape there in the SEC Championship game. And Alabama used pace and kind of got after them a little bit. But I think Georgia will be ready. Uh, and, And I think they're going to be ready for Florida, too. We're going to talk more about Florida when it's Florida week, but it ain't Florida week yet.
2: That's right, Jake. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you see the Breaking Tea scroll at the bottom. Uh, we pitch it every week, and it's because we love the work that this company does. The link to Breaking Tea for your Georgia t shirt needs in the episode description, whether you're listening on the podcast options that we have available for you or on YouTube. Uh, question about that Georgia defense, fellas. Uh John Stenchcombe apparently is singing the praises of Warren brinson And I know you have too, Jake and Paul. Yep. Um think me and I think I've been talking to Palmer
0: about Warren brinson for about three games from the press box now. Um he's uh he's he's coming on. He's really coming on. And I heard I heard John coming on on you know Brandon Adams show. Um, you know, obviously big good friends with BA and I was listening to that show here a couple days ago, and I heard John on there. We and actually listen
2: to our competitors from time to yeah. time. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I, I love the guy. I mean, I'll murder somebody D, for Brandon Adams. DA is a um, good fella. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll put a thumb in somebody's eye for Brandon Adams. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, um, they uh, yeah, I heard John go say that, and my ears kind of perked up. I was like – you know, I, I was telling Palmer, I was in here doing this freshman report thing. I was in here with highlighters and everything – my wife probably thought I was like trying to write a sermon or something um, but uh, I was in here messing with all that and I was listening listening to John Stinchcombe when he heard that and I kind of popped up had a little uh, had a little highlighter top in my mouth and I'm sure I you know kind of looked like one of those little mongeese that we
2: you just looked like a ball coach Jake yeah
0: I guess I guess but yeah I mean Warren Brinson's playing really good football and and guys, I think that that injury is one we haven't talked about. But he's been limited right now. He's only playing, you know, Palmer, you know the stats better than I do, probably anywhere from a dozen to 15 snaps a game right now. And, you know, I think if they get him healthy, you're maybe looking at more like 20 to 25, and that may be a little bit more production that Georgia could use there.
3: Yeah, he played this past Saturday against Vanderbilt. He played – drumroll please – 14 snaps. Yeah, he played 16 against Missouri because I was so impressed that he had four tackles in 16 snaps. Um, you know against uh against Missouri there, um against Auburn, and and Missouri was the first time that we heard about the injury. Auburn, he played 32 snaps. So oh wow,
0: so he did play a lot against Auburn.
3: Played against a lot against Auburn. Um, you know certainly a good sign of of him getting healthier.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, mean Mug and Mutt, uh, shouting out Bear Alexander as well. Jake, you had a uh, pretty insightful piece on all the freshmen that have burned their red shirts, uh, which was interesting to see. A lot of young talent getting in there and a lot of young talent that could still uh, have an extra season. 18 guys. Go.
0: 18 guys are still eligible to take a red shirt if they need it. There are a couple right on the bubble. There, I okay, There's a list in here somewhere that sermon i wrote uh sorry there's a list right here you got christian miller and uh, cole spear are, are at four games and then ej light sees at three games and then you've got literally uh 16 guys from what it looks like 15 guys that have played two games or less i would imagine those guys are headed for red shirts
3: 96 is now wearing 44 yeah. oh yeah you hear Dude, that? that's that is
0: that's big on facebook <laughs> That is huge, like just a meme. Like people have started just typing it out and posting it. Yeah. And I, I mean it cracks me up because I mean I'm so used to it. Like you just yeah. hear it after every touchdown.
2: You never know what's gonna stick with people. Like it, it's just those little quirky moments that you think mean nothing in the ball game. Um guys, we uh before we chop some wood here, I, I want to shout out our one dollar for one year premium uh promotion that's still going on even though it's been the bye week guys uh you're keeping the premium stuff going i'm going to pull up and see what we have on dogs hq's uh home page right now it's it's worth your buck i promise it's worth your george washington we've got uh your mid-season superlatives on offense palmer Who's one well, guy? Well, one guy. Give us a little tease.
3: Jake, Jake contributed to that as well. He's He's got our midseason superlatives for defense covered tomorrow. Uh, you get input from both him and I in there. Um, one player that we both agreed on. Um, so we we voted on uh, five awards. MVP, and, and this goes for both sides of the ball. MVP, top freshman, best new starter, biggest
2: surprise,
3: most improved. And okay. I'll give away. Class our-
2: clown, best smile.
3: Yeah. Um, class clown goes to, goes to Ruse. Best smile. <laughs>
2: best, best oh, you're smile. doing our staff too?
3: Yeah, sure. Um, I'll, I'll give away our, our biggest surprise here um, because that was one that the Jake and I agreed on. Um, and, and that would be Xavier Truss. Um, somebody that has like Jake pointed out here, um, you know, Maybe surprised some of us when he won the starting job at left guard. Uh, certainly surprising us to continue to hold on to it and continue to be a big part of that offensive line, um, proving to be somebody that, you know, when Georgia does rotate, they're, they're rotating on the right side. They look at Tate Ratledge and and uh, Warren McClendon there. Xavier Truss is playing a ton of snaps for Georgia, and that has been uh, a, a big surprise for us.
2: Yeah, I remember a story from the spring. I think when they were they were asking Truss about his uh, his lobster rolls that he misses from back home. Wasn't that him? Yep. Yeah. And uh, and now he's like he's not just talking about lobster rolls. He's actually playing some real ball. I miss, the, I'm, I miss
0: his lobster rolls. I'd love to have a lobster roll right <laughs> least, now.
2: He's he's had quite a few. Uh, he's a big boy. But uh, obviously our our premium. Recruiting story is also a big hit. Uh, as uh, Jake Roos has an update uh from Kelton Smith and a 2024 four-star safety and I believe Georgia Woodrow. is uh
0: Georgia is in the mix for a cornerback. Chris Peel. Is that his name?
2: Key and Peel.
0: Key and Peel. That's who <laughs> it is. Uh yeah, Chris Peel, right, Palmer? Is if I got the name yeah, right? It's Chris. Yeah, Chris, uh, he's going to be deciding here on October the 23rd. I believe Georgia is favored per the uh, the old RPM machine. So, um, you know, Georgia could be getting them a very, very important, you know, commitment here in the next few days as well. So
3: 96.4, according to the RPM. Hmm. Chris Peel, number 75 corner – or number 75 player in the country, number eight cornerback, number four player in the North Carolina – uh, the state of North Carolina, according to On Three's rankings, Georgia doing a pretty good job recruiting in North Carolina. Uh, they've they've also got uh, Jamal Jarrett.
2: Yeah, they like those uh, North Carolina, and, and, and of
3: course Jamal or uh, Jalen Walker came from there. Zamir White came from North Carolina, and uh, big old ninety nine Jordan Davis. Yeah.
0: I say we just go for another hour and we yell at each other about who's the better Georgia player for North Carolina, Todd Gurley or Jordan Davis. Mm. Uh, I I would go J.D. Uh, can't do it. Todd Gurley, stand here, man. Tud. Todd Gurley. Tud, Tud, Tud Gurley, Tud is, Tud the Gurley. Best, is the best Georgia player I've
2: ever seen with my own two eyes. Me, me and my friends still call him Tud. Uh, <laughs>
0: Todd what? We still call him Tud. Tud? There's yeah, that from Twitter the, uh, from the yeah from those Mason Hut yep. in. <laughs> New the noodle
2: arm. Yeah. Um give me back my hire. <laughs> tomahawk <laughs> dog. This, this is th- this is the worst, worst Todd. It looks like a line of letters you'd see at the eye doctor. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's let's chop some wood. We're just giving you a hard time, tomahawk dog. Let's chop some wood. Uh I didn't even ask you guys ahead of time so i might be putting you on the spot so i'll start uh i'm gonna chop some wood about the fact i will bring some florida flavor to this show uh anthony richardson landed the first ever florida nil deal with gatorade and this is a georgia show that's a florida problem so (laughs) that's on them but how do you mess that up how do you wait that long yeah i was very surprised by that what are you doing so that's Who what I'm talking Gatorade? about. Uh, someone's dropping the ball there, either on Florida side with their NIL collective. I don't know what their collective situation is, or on Gatorade side. But that really surprised me today. And uh, I, I think the only other NIL deal they're potentially missing out on is uh, Tom's, that shoe company uh, that that donates all those shoes to people yeah. because Florida people just love to throw shoes. Uh, in anyone's direction, so I thought that and was a miss too. But the Gatorade Crocs.
0: Crocs are easier to get off your feet and throw. So there yeah. you go.
2: That
3: see why aren't we? We could be running all these collectives. Hey, Tom, Tom should uh should sponsor this show. I mean, we we got a Tom's different spelling, but
2: oh, yeah. I'll let you work on that, Palmer. Yeah.
3: Well, you I'm going to bring that uh, one, Jake. I don't know if you were planning to go to go ahead next, but I'm going to bring some Florida flair as well. Oh. Mike Good, White. I was
0: going to talk about Georgia men's basketball.
3: Wow. <laughs> well, well, too bad. Um, I'm taking it, Mike White, your <laughs> G- Georgia <laughs> Georgia men's basketball coach from Florida. Uh, coming from Florida, first year at Georgia. Uh, heard from him today, as well as Cario Aquindo and Braylon Bridges at SEC Tip Off 23. Um, put up a story today that talks about. Uh, Just about what Mike White was like at Florida, um, according to some of his SEC coaching colleagues. Uh, You know, heard from Rick Barnes, heard from John Calipari. Coach Cal. Heard heard from a Florida player himself, Colin Castleton, uh, who played for White at Florida, um, first team All-SEC selection this year. Um, No Georgia players on the first team or second team. Well, they're about to shock the world um picked 13th in the league out of 14 uh shout out south carolina and lamont paris new coach there um but yeah i mean heard a lot of content from today a lot of content to come from today uh georgia basketball chopping wood
0: good stuff palmer wes uh, i just want to know is your belly okay because there's two very prominent Pepto ads right there on your uh, on your screen there.
2: Yeah. Um, they, they heard me. They yeah. heard me. They're always listening. They're it's always so creepy. listening.
0: It is so creepy. I hate it. Um, all right. Chopping wood. All right, cho- I'm, I I want to get, you know, like kind of serious here for a second. Good. And just talk about Georgia and kind of where things go from here, okay? Because it's more than just Tennessee, it's more than just Florida and Tennessee. It's Kentucky. It's Mississippi State. Um, nobody cares about Georgia Tech. So, Georgia's going to be on the road, like, away from home. So will we, all right? And, uh, listen, I, I, I'll i go ahead and tell you right now, I'm a little bit excited about Jacksonville. <laughs> and then I'm really, dreading, uh, I'm really dreading Starkville just because of – and that's mean to do because I've never been – um, but we're, gonna we're go not stay. even. Oh, you've never
3: been.
2: All right, never been,
3: Jake. We're not yeah. even staying in Starkville, Jake. The
2: stadium for Starkville, it it there's like a fraternity house on like a road, and then you just go down this little road, and the stadium's just right there in the middle of all these pine trees. It's yeah. the most insane thing I've ever seen from an well, SEC I'm, stadium, I'm, anyway.
0: It, you know, it'll it'll I get to check one off. I will get to check a stadium off that I've never been to, which is cool. We're staying in Tuscaloosa. Um, which is a little over an hour away, and Alabama's out of town that weekend, so hotels are, you know, nice and you know, nice and uh, affordable. Yeah. Um. So we get to stay at a nice one, um. But you know, and then you got to go to Kentucky, and you know, that's three formidable road trips in in four weeks, and the one game you get to play at home, you got to play Tennessee. It's buckle up time as a Georgia fan, and uh, if I might suggest a place to be, Dogs HQ. Come see us, come over to site, dollar for a whole year. Um, we're going to have you covered um, throughout the whole thing. But it's crunch time for Georgia. This is a uh, this is as challenging, and listen, this is as challenging of a slate as I've seen for Georgia at this point in the year in a very long time. It could change. You know, like Georgia could beat the Sox off Florida. Uh, Tennessee could lose to Kentucky. Kentucky could drop one after that. It could just lose all its luster, but I doubt it.
2: Do y'all have a gut feeling about the squad moving forward? Uh, because by the time we talk again, I think we'll be talking a lot more about the Gators. Do you have a big picture kind of a pulse on what you expect from the dogs, even with that tough stretch?
0: No, I mean, I just, I just expect them to, you know, to get some guys back to get better defensively than even in they have been to kind of shore up some areas. And, uh, and to um I mean I, I still I would still pick them to win all five of those games, obviously, Georgia Tech.
3: Yeah, I mean, like like Jake said there, we knew this schedule uh, you know, when we were picking preseason and, and looking at schedules and, and records and all that kind of prediction stuff. Um, we knew this was gonna be tough. Everyone circled this this stretch of games here, uh, and it's here. You know, if Georgia's gonna we, we said it from the start, if Georgia was going to lose a game, it was going to be in this four-game stretch. Um, yes, we are overlooking Georgia Tech, uh, not including them in that stretch. Um, I still think that they could lose a game. I'm not saying that they will lose a game. And and like Jake, uh, you know, I predicted them to go 12-0. So, uh, you know, knew this schedule was going to shake out the way that it did, uh, you know, in terms of where Georgia was going – Uh, being on the road three out of the four weeks. uh, Knew that that was going to be tough. Don't think that we knew just how good Tennessee was going to be, just how much of a threat Mississippi State was going to be. We did know that Kentucky was going to be strong. Um, Maybe maybe we expected a little bit more from Florida, but I don't know that we did expect all that
2: much. Well, well, Matt Stinchcomb certainly didn't. I don't know if you all saw his – preseason prediction on the Gators. I think he predicted them to win three total games.
3: No, no. Um, well they're they're at three. So well no, they're at four. They're at four.
2: Yeah, they've cleared it. So, um, yeah. I, I hear you guys. Um I don't know that I necessarily looked at the Mississippi State component. And I didn't think Tennessee was going to be this electric. You hated Tennessee coming into the season, Wes. I didn't you, hate you- you loved hate Kentucky it. and you hated Tennessee. No, I I don't I don't know if you were on the show when I talked to Jake about this or not. I, I can't remember because we did so many over the weekend, but I still think that Kentucky could be a tougher game for Georgia just because of the road atmosphere. And yep. uh and because I believe that they are a little bit more physical uh just across the board, just because that's how they've recruited, um, no one no one believes me on that, but I mean, look at what they did to Mississippi State. You know, they can bring their lunch too, and once that crowd gets going, takes a little bit, but they got a lot of brown liquor in those cups, and uh, and and they can tune in with the best of them. So, so yeah, I didn't hate Tennessee, but I did believe that Kentucky would be the bigger test just because of the the home versus road situation. Um, but I, I've thought a lot about Stetson Bennett lately, guys, and. I don't want to speak for him. I don't want to assume anything. But he has five guaranteed Georgia football games left in his career, and he didn't come back to let this thing slip away. I think we started to see him lock in against Vandy. Yes, get your jokes in. But I want to think, for Stetson's sake, that he's used this week to dial in, and I believe you're going to see a much better mailman – uh, coming down the stretch. And I think a lot of that would have to do with A.D. Mitchell getting healthy, but it also has a lot to do with the guys who filled in for A.D. Uh, getting better and getting more comfortable with Stetson. So I really expect Stetson to be a improved quarterback on the second half of the season. If there's a, a, a superlative for that, I'd go ahead and pencil him in tentatively for the most improved.
0: Yeah, uh, just get healthy. Just get that shoulder right. He was, he was. I went back and watched the game. I saw him flexing a little bit in the Vanderbilt game, but, you know, get the shoulder right, get the back right. Um, you know, make sure the back's okay
2: and uh, get going. All right, y'all. Uh, we are, we're done. Jake's ready to go to bed. I think, <laughs> I think Palmer is. I'm too. ready to go
3: to bed. I was up at 4 30 to go to Birmingham.
2: Oh, be I'm him. ready to go
3: to bed.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, y'all can stay up. If you're if you're watching this or if you just tuned in late, catch the replay. Uh, it, it always replays right after we hit stop on this thing. So hit subscribe on our YouTube channel, hit follow on the podcast channels, and uh, stay in touch with us. As I believe it was was it Tomahawk Dog? Look, we love BA too, but Tomahawk Dog is laughing with the best of us here at Dogs HQ. Appreciate y'all. Enjoy the bye week. Go pick some apples or something. Take a breather. Don't get all worked up about football. You get enough of that from the dogs. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll catch you next time.